This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Shoot, I wonder if I'd be a minute faster than Neil on the mile. I'd <laughs> be two minutes faster. I probably wouldn't finish the mile, to be honest. Uh, you could do a mile. Oh, like, on, shit, man. this thing's supposed to take 20 minutes, right? <laughs> uh, you should just periscope the whole thing. Periscope me running a mile? That'd that would be, be disgusting. That would be disgusting. <laughs> that would be horrible. I actually feel a little sick after you just said that. <laughs> a little? No, I feel a lot sick. Yeah. I'm admitting it. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot cope with it. Can't do it. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Touchdown. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I am your host, Neil, and we have a full house. No Danny Tanner. Today we have old, reliable Adam, a.k.a. the other FF guy. Hello, Adam. What up, Neil? We have the second fastest man in fantasy sports, Josh, a.k.a. Jason Crocker. <laughs> I knew you would go there right off the bat. I knew, I knew it was going to happen. In case anyone doesn't know, he's the second fastest. It's official. We confirmed it on Twitter. <laughs> and we also have Mr. Uh, Quantum Leap over here, Elliot Chris, a.k.a. at Elliot Chris. What's up, man? How are we doing, guys? I appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course. So first things first, for those who aren't in the know or you haven't read Elliot's Twitter bio, he's a big dog over at... The sports betting DFS site, Quant Edge. We see big things happening over there, Elliot. You got a lot of updates, a lot of upgrades from last season even. You got a lot of stuff in the works, new people. What should we be looking forward to this NFL season man, with the Quant? Yeah, we just launched our website on Saturday. We're really pumped about it. Brand new mobile experience, really sleek design. Got our app coming out to start the season. We're going to have four new NFL tools, completely revamped optimizers, you know, you mentioned new people. We brought over John Proctor and Ryan Hodge, the power hour guys. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot, man. We're going to have 24 to 25 pieces of content a week, break down individual slates, showdown slates, 4 PM slate, you know, break down injuries, wide receiver, cornerback matchups. You know, we got a little bit of everything this year. We're adding, um, you know, free trials for people too, so they can come check it out for free and, and, you know, make the decision based on their own personal experience. Or, you know, if you want to sign up now, you can use the promo code Power Hour and get $25 off the season-long package. Yeah, free trials get you that little hit, man, and you're addicted after that. I got to admit, man, <laughs> I, I, I'm like a, you know, these guys can attest, I'm not like a math whiz or an analytics guru and all this kind of stuff, but, like, the site looks clean even for guys like me. You know what I mean? Like, guys like me can understand it. It's not difficult. Everything is like, you know, some sites stuff are just too difficult, man. It's like you need a degree to look at the thing. So that's what I like about you. We, we really tried to make sure that everything was simple and easy to understand, you know, easy to use, easy to look at the st statistics and try to, 
you know, put some context towards it and understand it. You know, we have a lot of really complex math on the back end, but we try to keep that for us and kind of <laughs> let people have the easiest uh, experience. Yeah, I, I bet. As far as, I mean, like, you know, with DFS, fantasy, sports betting, all these things are, like, booming, right? So there's, like, sites. Every There's everything for everything at this point. What makes your site different? I mean, obviously the people, you know, that are behind it are awesome, but is there anything else that people who are maybe signed up for another site or they have a subscription, why they should go with you or add you to their, you know, their arsenal or what's different about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We cover a bunch of sports, but in the NFL, you know, we, we have tools that no one else has. We have our wide receiver quarterback uh, matchup tool that breaks everyone down by route type and coverage type. We have our injury tool, which breaks everything down by snap. We have our optimizers, which we're really proud of and really improve the, the ease of use this year and a lot more in, uh, information and understanding what the optimizers did for you. Gotcha. You know, yeah. We have all of our content. We have a premium membership chat. You join, you can basically have access to me 24 hours a day. Yeah, people are as, asking in the questions in the chat. You kind of get one-on-one coaching. You really improve your game. Uh, we're going to have new tools like the pace tool, which doesn't exist out there right now, which, you know, in Three or four seconds, you can understand exactly how two teams are going to match up against each other in terms of plays per game and no huddle and pass and run and all that stuff. And we're going to have dynamic rankings where it's not just an individual rankings. There's multiple experts in there as well as our projections, DFS ownership projections. Um, we're going to have weekly matchups so you can come in and see who, which wide receiver has the best matchup and understand that a wide receiver two versus wide receiver one versus wide receiver three are going to have different matchups based on the way that defense uh, adjusts to the, those teams. And we're going to have that laid out. We have heat maps, you know, weekly rankings. We're, we're really proud of everything we did. We think we have the most complete, well, uh, affordable package available on the internet at thequanedge.com. I think you got a subscriber in Adam when he heard you. He's got access to you 24-7, man. <laughs> that, that sold down. He feel went, like I just got hit with a wave of yeah. content. <laughs> that yeah, no, it's a lot of good stuff. And I like I even like this, how this like looks. Like I know it sounds stupid, but like man, everything just looks good. Like it just it looks clean. But you know, as far as you know, obviously we said the site's DFS based, it's sports betting based, it's all that kind of stuff. On Twitter today, there was a little debate being had about you know DFS and high stakes best ball and all this kind of stuff. I know you chimed in on it. I think Adam chimed in on it. I was retweeting all kinds of stuff and trying to keep up with it, but it was getting crazy. But um, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. You're going to try to get me in trouble here. Yeah, I am. I am. That's what we do here at Cloud Dodgers. But, uh, you know. I won't mention any names. I'm mentioning fucking names. I'm not going to mention it. I'm mentioning names. I'm just going to lay something out, and you guys tell me what you think. Okay. You want me to preface it, or you're going to go with it? You don't want me to say names yet? You just say what you got to say first. I'm just going to go with it. Okay. Okay, one of the co-owners of a website said that best ball is all luck. That's all it is, all luck. Uh, There's no edge to be had. Um, And then he also said that anyone who plays, you know, 50-plus best balls is just a degenerate gambler. Okay? Um, That's wrong. I'll get into why that's wrong in a second. The other co-owner of that website last December said that DFS was all luck and it's the equivalent to playing the lottery and there's no skill or edge to be had. Um, those two owners of a, a website are selling DFS and best ball. Advice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm glad I'm not the only one who put together these pieces. <laughs> so out of curiosity, why would anyone spend money on a website for advice from people who think it's all luck? 
it's pretty crazy. Again, I'm not mentioning any names. I, I so kind of want to say the names. If you feel like this is personally attacking you, <laughs> it's because you're the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who did it, damn it. I'm going to say the names. I mean, I, I just I don't know what to say. Listen, if you're if you believe it's luck and you're also going to try to make, you know, a website around giving people advice on luck, that's crazy to me. Like if you if you're really selling, uh, you know, your opinions, which I think is a very valuable thing. I mean, content is, is king in this stuff and, and getting access to people's minds that that have a process and understand and do the research. There, there's real edges to be had. You know, there's luck in everything. But to this idea that creating a portfolio of players makes you a degenerate gambler when it what it really does is allow you to sustain for variance and understand that injuries happen and play out different scenarios and have the opportunity at a lot of money. Like the fact that there's so many guys who are play high stakes and you know have positive ROIs year after year after year after year, but somehow those guys are just really lucky. I mean, I forget which athlete said it, but it was one great um, uh, athlete. It was basically like. You know, luck, you know, you get lucky once, but when you're lucky every week, it means you're great. Right. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right. I mean, is the, is the guy who gets lucky every Friday night better than you? Probably. Yeah. That's I mean, the whole that's, point. Yeah. <laughs> like he's better looking than you. He, he has more game, whatever it is. He's not just getting lucky randomly. He has an advantage. Exactly. So to me, that's just a cry for, I'm not very good at something and I can't take responsibility for my you know, what I need to improve on. And instead I'm, you know, just saying something's all luck. And, you know, I have no issues with either one of these people or what they're doing. And I think they've created some cool tools. It's just, you know, I don't know how you're going to try to sell advice on something you've, you've publicly called luck. Now that's the second time it's happened. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. You guys can give your opinions. Um, yeah, listen it, to me. It's also, it's frustrating. One last thing. It's frustrating. You know, we're all trying to expand this industry. We're all trying to show the value of content. We're all trying to show the value of tool creation and, and how it can help people. And, and you're part of that industry that we're trying to grow everyone. You know, regardless of what sites work, everyone wants it to expand and grow because we, this is something we eat, breathe, sleep, love. And then you just call it luck. I don't, to me, it's disrespectful to, to a lot of people, which is, by the way, why I think high stakes guys and a lot of people who do this for a living went after them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it, I'm off base. No, no, you're not. You're not off base. And, and I'll let Adam chime in because I know he feels passionate about it too. But before he does, I'm, I'm going to say the people's names. I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the one that did it today was Matt Williams. The other one that you're referencing is probably Addison. But they're co-owners of FF Statistics. And I mean, just to, just to kind of give people a background who don't know what we're talking about, they he basically said that high stakes best ball is a ridiculous concept. He's saying that you might as well buy scratch off tickets. You know, so, someone did mention to him that they had like a really good year last year. Like overall, you know, they won more than they lost. And he was like, hey, it's all luck, man. And they're like, OK, I mean, at what point I become a good drafter or what, at what point I become like decent at this? You know, like what, what, what does it need to happen? He's like, you know, you need to win more than one year or whatever it was. But, yeah, he basically just chalked it up to pure luck and, you know, that kind of stuff. And you could read there's tons of tweets and everyone going back and forth. But, Adam, what was your feelings on it, too? I, I, feel, I think you were similar to Elliot, but. I mean, yeah, I, essentially, I, I, and I tweeted it out, I just said that, I mean, best ball is essentially DFS with a larger sample size, which inherently makes it more predictable. So to be against best ball and yet produce DFS content feels like a logical fallacy to me. Uh, on top of that, 
I thought it was really interesting that they that he chose to go after best ball when it's literally the only major fantasy game that they don't produce content for. They have redraft content, dynasty content, and DFS content. No best ball content on their site. But yeah, I mean, it echoed everything that Elliot said. Like, that was my inherent reaction as well, was just that it's lazy analysis first and foremost. And I think that, I don't know, more and more, and I've talked to Neil and Josh about this a little bit, but I feel like it's a bit of the uh, Matt Kelly aspect of the industry now where people say things on Twitter to be sensational because it gets attention to their website. And I don't know if this was that, but it really feels that way. Just in the sense I, of it's like... It's not going to bring positive attention, though. I mean... No. Like, you exactly. know, when, you guys, when you have someone like Peter Jennings basically saying, like, you sound dumb. <laughs> That's not who you want to tell you sound dumb. I mean, that guy's... It, it, he's, he's a lucky DFS player and basketball player if I've ever seen one, you know. For the record, that's sarcasm. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying he's really, really good at this. Um, you know, I just, I just don't understand what you're. I mean, I guess they don't have draft content. I don't really look at their site. I, I checked out their site after I saw this to see if they did say something, and they talk about your ability to um, participate in in um, their drafts and FFPCs. So, I mean, there, it's some basketball. I mean, I don't know. It's just again, I'm not trying to take this, make this podcast about ripping on ff statistics no no for sure i just you know because again they do some really cool stuff but i just i don't respect when you just like you said it's lazy analysis it's a cop out it's basically i'm not that good at this and i don't even understand how you decide you're not that good at this at august on august 5th right <laughs> did you just lose a lot last year and you just discovered it today or like i don't know, <laughs> you know? yeah it's kind like of i'm not sure what happened in the process for you to, to come up with making it a today statement i just I don't know. I'm, I was frustrated by it when I saw it, and it takes a lot for me to get frustrated on Twitter at this point. Because, quite frankly, you know, I, I enjoy the conversations, but when people troll or say stupid stuff, I'm I just don't care. Yeah. What yeah. happened, in my opinion, is that best balls became one of the biggest topics of discussion this year, and they're in, in they're a website that's not producing any content for it. So, it just to me, it feels like just a logical attack on the one thing that you don't produce content for. But that's my piece. Yeah. yeah, it could be anything. Who knows? I mean, we don't know what I don't. I didn't see if it would anything particular. You know, started the conversation or if it was just you know just random as hell. I don't know, but definitely I agree with both of you. And I obviously a lot of Twitter agreed. Everyone chimed in and pretty much agreed with the same sentiment. And I don't know if he'll backtrack a little bit on it or say he was exaggerating on you know how he worded it or or what will happen at this point. But I just thought it was an interesting conversation. And obviously, like you guys said, best ball is kind of like the only thing happening at the moment. So it's kind of a weird jab to be taken <laughs> at this moment in time uh but definitely uh um, they have a million dollar top prize yeah <laughs> people are playing this thing at a high rate mm-hmm. it's fun there are advantages to be had i mean any anytime you have uh, let's say a million people doing something some people are going to be better at it than others right yeah <laughs> which which by default creates an edge yeah. Ah, I don't want to like stay on this topic forever, but yeah, I mean, it feels like they don't realize that there are people who have been playing best ball for literally years now, and that like people who are playing high volume didn't necessarily start playing high volume. Like, it, ah, sorry, we can we can move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. I, and it, you know, it's, I, I this think... is going to turn into a four-hour podcast if we don't. <laughs> yeah, you and I, I think, can go back back and forth about it. I'm trying to be uh, reserved. Yeah, I mean, because again, it... I. 
I'm it, I'm such a positive build people up kind of thing, and I guess the reason that this is frustrating is because it, it it's really meant if you read it to to bring a lot of people down. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's, that's what I was just gonna say is that like especially with people who call themselves experts and and industry people and stuff is you know, I'm not gonna whatever. It's just like at some point you gotta like not be the down force in it you know like if i mean if you want to call yourself this and call yourself that like okay well then lift it up like at pretty much all times or you know don't start st- weird comments like this like i said if there was a real reason for it you know a real conversation to be had then that's cool or if it came from somewhere in a response to something but it just seemed kind of random and i think you know it, it all played out how it's supposed to but yeah we're moving on because we could just keep going on and on about it <laughs> clearly we don't want to do that um, I did want to ask you uh, really quick, Elliot, because we, we discussed it in the last few episodes. We're not going to talk about our teams or anything, but I did want to ask you really quick about Scott Fishbowl. Think about something positive here, right? Uh, Scott Fishbowl, how did you feel like you did on your draft? Just really quick and not nothing crazy. Do you feel like you did really good? I was really happy that I got Travis Kelsey, was able to build build around what I thought was a really solid team, Kyler Murray. Um, I thought I got like a, a nice combination of running backs and wide receivers and i feel like i have a real chance i mean i got i did not get ranked very well in my league um but you know i'm gonna hope to survive another day and, and have a good season yeah is there anything you approach differently this year than last year like anything specific that like you learned last year that you were like i gotta do it differently this year or anything like that or just... i just valued the tight ends a lot last year i mean um yeah. i had gronk jared cook eric Ebron, trey burton and um you know, it, it really created a lot of floor and actually a lot of, added a lot of depth to my team. So um, I, I feel good. Uh, Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson are my quarterbacks, and Damn. I was able to get, you know, uh, Marlon Mack and Daryl Henderson and some really high upside wide receivers with, like, Robbie Anderson and Stephon Diggs and Deshaun Jackson and Curtis Samuel and Robert Woods. So I, I just felt like I built a very solid floor team with some ceiling guys, so I'm very happy with it. I got. I got to ask, Elliot. I see you took uh, Tariq Cohen at nine oh seven. What What do you think about the the split in the Chicago backfield? Yeah, I mean, I think David Montgomery's the guy to own, but I, um, I don't. I know it's not full point PPR, right? Um, no, it's like it? it's like half point with half right uh, for first, first downs down. or whatever it is. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Cohen's going to have less volume in the offense than he did. Last year, I mean, a lot of his production came in that, you know, four or five week stretch down the end. Uh, in addition to that Bucks game, but um, you know, I think it was just he was such a cheap guy to get in the ninth round. That's as late as I've seen him go, and I, I think Montgomery's the guy to own. I don't worry about Mike Davis at all this year. Yeah, I think taking him at RB thirty three, he's got a really good chance to to pay that back and then some yeah and i mean basically my my whole running back strategy is to kind of play matchups on a weekly basis you know i mean even marlon mack is a game script dependent guy uh daryl henderson and justice taylor two of my favorite rookie running backs and i got caitlin balaj like a week before people actually wanted caitlin balaj which i don't <laughs> necessarily think is a, a good thing to want caitlin balaj i just it's too bad you can't it. trade him <laughs> yeah I mean, he would not be on my team if i could trade him <laughs> I think all three of you guys got Murray. And all three of you Correct. drive Murray? Jeez. Oh, Kyler, yeah. Yeah, oh, I was looking Kyler. for Latavius. But yeah, Kyler <laughs> oh, Murray. Latavius. <laughs> you guys are strong on the Kyler Murray thing, man. Okay. I had to take him in the fourth. I... Elliot got him in the fifth. I don't remember where Adam got him, probably. Yeah, in the fifth. Which is surprising yeah. when it's you know, a super flex league. I, it, 
you know, I, I got Watson in the second. Um, but Murray's just going to, you know, I don't know if he'll be good as an NFL quarterback, but fantasy, it's going to be, if he stays healthy, it's going to be hard for him to fail with that kind of play volume mixed in with his rushing upside and all the vertical um, shots they're going to take. Good stuff. All right, cool. So, well, you, you mentioned Mac and Foreman signed with the Colts. I did see you mention, Elliot, that Miller's stock goes up with Foreman being cut. And I'm just curious. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I know Adam, I think, agrees with you. He also has like a million shares of them. But I'm just curious why you feel like <laughs> Miller's stock goes up because of Foreman being released. Because I think there was talk about Foreman and Miller kind of having a true 50-50 split or 60-40 split. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Miller's that boring RB2 that's hanging out in the seventh round. Um, his stock's not up to where I'm taking him in the fifth or anything like that. But, you know, we're talking about he's the latest running back one that goes that has a clear path to a lot of snaps and a high-scoring offense. Um, I don't think Foreman impacts Mac at all. I don't. I don't think so either. But so with the fear of you thought. Well, you said not fear, but you thought that Foreman maybe talked of a fifty-fifty split with Miller when he was there. So you think they eliminate Miller, and now there's not ever going to be a guy there that's going to do whatever Foreman was expecting. No, I, I have no idea who the guy's going to be. I, I yeah. mean, I think it could very easily be a temporary bump up. I, I don't think that cutting Foreman means that you're trading for Melvin Gordon. Like, I'm not sure necessarily those two things are correlated. Right. I could see see Lashawn McCoy getting cut and going there. You know, I could see Duke Johnson getting traded there. There's absolutely guys that can come in, but even if Miller snaps drop to 60% in the seventh round, again, on that offense, that's what you're really buying into. Right. I mean, I don't think Lamar Miller's particularly good, but, you know, if you're going to give me 200-plus touch, touches on the Texans' offense, who should score, you know, be up there at the top of the points per game in the NFL, I mean, I think you're really just buying into the situation. Yeah. Do you do you, I'm gonna say on Lamar Miller for just a second? Do you think he you think he's pretty much like RB twenty three again points per game? That's where he was last year. Do you, do you think he has any ceiling? Is there any ceiling there? Uh, touchdowns are, would be a ceiling, I would think. You know, just because you know touchdowns can be fairly random, and if a team's gonna score a lot, he's got the chance to have some spike weeks. But, you know, I, I really think he's such a good floor running back for a lot of these zero RB teams that are taking the second handcuff. If you can get R, Lamar Miller, you know, you don't want him as your RB1, maybe RB2, right, on a zero wide receiver team where you start off five wide receivers. You know, he creates a really nice weekly floor with touchdown uh, potential in a, in a top offense. That's really how I'm viewing him. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't have any disagreement with that. So I, you were talking about you guys are going to have a lot of pace tools on your website. And uh, one player that I have been getting kind of an uncomfortable amount of in my best ball is Kenny Galladay. And I'm, I'm worried about him because they're going to play slow and run, run, pass and all of that. And what is your Kenny Galladay take? Uh, I don't mind him in the fifth. I don't love him in the fourth. Um, and it's basically because of what you just said. I'm not super excited about the Lions' pace of play and how they may turn into the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think that Marvin Jones is still going to you know, get some targets. I think Hawkinson could take a little bit away from him in the red zone. I don't think Hawkinson's in for a big year, but you keep hearing that stuff out of camp that they're, they're loving Hawkinson down there. Um, I think Kenny Galladay is a hell of a player, and in the fifth round, I have no problem with him. But when he goes in the fourth, I kind of let other people take him. Actually, 
really quick to piggyback on that, Elliot. That's actually a spot in, especially in best ball drafts that I've been doing all summer, that I think's really interesting. And I'm curious where your like tier drop off is at wide receiver, because right around like the Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, Robert Woods area, there's like this drop off to more unknown wide receivers of the Galladay's, the Lockets, the DJ Moore's, the you know Chris Godwin's of the world. In in that secondary tier who are the guys or who is the guy that you're most often drafting amongst that that group if you know what tier i'm speaking of yeah i know exactly i chris godwin's the guy i really like dj moore um i'd certainly grab some uh like i i tend to not have as much calvin ridley and mike williams they're kind of in that that tier so i mean i would say that godwin's one for me galladay's two um i I try to mix Lockett in for upside teams if his volume's going to shoot up. You know, his efficiencies can't go up, right? It's got to drop. Um, so those are the kind of guys I like. I, though I will say, every time I can draft Julian Edelman or Robert Woods, I, I hit the button. You know, Edelman, at the when I get the, the turn, the late turn, I, I always grab Edelman. And when I kind of uh, have a mid or, or early first, I always hope for Robert Woods in the fourth. If if there's a guy in that group that's going to get to a 30% target share, it's going to be Kenny Galladay. But I don't know how much that share of that offense is really worth. And I, I can't quite bring myself so far to take Godwin first, knowing he's a number two, but in a much better offense. I can see that. And, I mean, O.J. Howard's a big part of that offense, too. They're going to have three guys that I think are going to dominate targets, but... It's not like we haven't seen it before with the Rams, right, where they could sustain that kind of that kind of volume. Now that's obviously probably a, a better offense and a better offensive line and a better quarterback. But um, I, I like Godwin's upside, and you know I think we've seen him when given the opportunity, even as a wide receiver, too, you know, produce some some really good games. And Mike Evans only pulled, I think, like a 22% target share. He's not the he's not the Mike Evans of old when he was just getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled with targets. So there, yeah, there's think, a lot um, there. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans is still a hell of a player. He's just not getting the volume. Um, but, you know, I, I still have interest in Evans in the third round when I can get him. Yeah. I Sorry, to piggyback on that really quick, I do think Evans could see a – Nice target bump with Arians coming there. Arians does have a history of giving his wide receiver ones a pretty large target share. So I just think that that play calling influence could could shift that target share in an upward direction again. He has had some pretty amazing wide receiver ones in his career. Yeah, this is true, right? Uh, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I'm blanking on who the wide receiver one was for when he was the head coach of the Colts, but. Uh, that can certainly impact that, but let's not act like Mike Evans isn't a hell of a wide receiver one to begin with. Yeah, five five straight thousand yard years is nothing to sneeze at. No, that that dude can play football. I know that's not an analytical answer. That <laughs> dude can play football. And just coming back to Galladay really quick, do you guys would you guys all take Galladay where he's going at ADP, or would you prefer Marvin Jones where he's going and oh. taking something else instead of Galladay? I would call it a. I, I, I understand the Marvin Jones argument. Yeah, I've seen the argument. That's why I'm curious. Yeah, I don't really own any Marvin Jones, and I own a little Galladay. So I guess that's where it swings. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much staying away from that offense except for carry-on. I did want to ask um, Elliot because I had asked Josh 
and Adam, I think it was two episodes ago, this question about the cards, Cardinals and the Browns offenses, right? And for this year, for fantasy purposes, and I gave them the question. They both said the same answer. I took it to Twitter, and people acted like their answer was kind of crazy. So I'm just curious, Elliot, where you're at with this. So just for a total, like, fantasy points and offense, right, would you rather have the Browns group of Baker, Chubb, Landry, and OBJ, or would you rather have Kyler, DJ, Fitz, and Kirk? So, I mean, the answer, the correct answer is yes. Uh, if you had to choose uh i'll 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 take the cardinals okay there you you excited with adam and josh oh good guest we finally got a good guest (laughs) you see how excited they got elliot because they were backtracking when they seen twitter's results i really like i really like todd monken for the uh browns and i think the browns offense will be a more efficient offense but that cardinals defense is uh uh, it's poop. I don't. It's it's not good. It's you know they they can't stop the run. There's gonna be no Pat Pete for six weeks. You know they're gonna try to push the pace. They're gonna have four wide verticals. Uh, you know an air raid offense. You know, Kyler Murray's gonna have a ton of points on the, on the ground. You know his over under prop is 445 rushing yards. That's a massive number for a quarterback. Um, you know, I I would I would lean the Cardinals, but I think these are gonna be two of the top five uh, or top. Certainly two of the top 10 NFL fantasy offenses this yeah. season. It's just so funny because they both said Cardinals. When I took it to Twitter and, like, the Twitter poll started going Browns for whatever reason, they both were, like, kind of backtracking, like, backpedaling a little bit. And then well, you said, nah, you said cards. Now, now they're not going to backpedal. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, how in the world could anyone say the cards? Yeah, so, so someone like, was like, uh, is this a real question? Like, it's obviously the Browns. Up in the moment, I guess. <laughs> Listen, yeah, wh- what Thursday night, right? Ten o'clock. Kyler Murray makes his debut. Oh people, God! People, uh, people may lose their minds, or they're <laughs> gonna lose their minds either way. No, I don't. I don't really. I, I mean, yes, but it's gonna be interesting because <laughs> I, I don't see them showing much air raid in the preseason, if, if much at oh. all. Like, oh, I, I don't. Know. I agree. But what I'm saying is, Kyler Murray's gonna throw a pass, his first pass. And people are going to decide whether he's a bust or he's going to That Yeah, of course. Like people did with Deshaun Watson. We've got a whole week to talk about it. Let's see if, any, let's see if so, anyone tells us that Kyler Murray is not good at football. He shouldn't be there because we got yeah, some of someone, that. Someone will tell you that. <laughs> he is just not a good football player at all. He's too short, guys. <laughs> oh ball doesn't, the ball doesn't stay in the air long enough. All right. Um, let, cause I don't want to take up too much Elias time here. Let's jump over to foul or no foul. Unless you guys have any other specific questions that you want to get to our high level guy here. Let's keep it moving. All right. So we can do this kind of fast paced. We don't have to take it slow if you guys don't want to, whatever you guys like to do these things. Um, but this is foul or no foul for anyone new foul or no foul. I'm going to throw statements out. If the statement sounds ridiculous, it's a foul. If the guys agree with the statement, they think it sounds good. Then there's no foul. All right, uh, the first one we'll just let uh, we'll let Josh go on this one first. Taking cold showers instead of hot showers means you're a serial killer. Foul or no foul, Josh? <laughs> the cold shower people are serial killers. You got to watch out for these people. <laughs> there, there is no reason why you would do that in a world where hot water exists. It's just not as good. So no foul. Does anyone have to dispute this with Josh? Adam, Elliot, either one of you calling calling the opposite of him? No, y'all got problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I'm 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 team hot shower. <laughs> it's That's like right. one of the few right. joys you get in a day is a nice hot shower, and you're like, nah, I'd rather feel miserable. You guys are horrible people, man. 
he does neil neil takes cold showers and he also lives in florida so that that's an important piece of the puzzle here it is important i also you know i don't know if this is in my own mind or if this is real but like when i do visit people in other states like especially like new york and stuff i feel like the water is hotter and colder than it is here and i don't know if that plays something into this or if I just have like cheap water here and it just doesn't get hot and cold. The wildest conspiracy theory I've ever heard. <laughs> this is all Florida logic. This is all Florida logic. All right. <laughs> the next one. Uh, wide receiver Michael Crabtree signing with the Cardinals is fantasy relevant. Foul or no foul, Elliot? Uh, foul. I mean, it's, it's, is Mike Crabtree going to be fantasy relevant? No. Okay. So it means nothing. But I, he could potentially take away a few targets from some guys. Okay. But. Anybody disagree with Elliot? Any no fouls nope. out there? No. Nope. Mm, you guys are a tough crowd today. He might Johnson. not make the team. <laughs> yeah, especially it's not a lock. He makes the team. It's kind of a late signing too. He's got to learn a new offense that is beyond familiar to him. I, I don't know. I just yeah. Listen, I hope this isn't. He's thirty-three years old. <laughs> I hope this isn't guys who have a lot of stock and fits and Kirk just scared. I hope that's not what you guys are doing right it's now. It's a little bit of that. Yeah. And I also think you guys Keyshawn are a little scared. Don't forget about Keyshawn Johnson. You guys are a little scared. I understand. I, I will say wholeheartedly that I am not worried that Mike Crabtree <laughs> is going to beat out Larry Fitzgerald. All right. All right. <laughs> you're, you gotta, you Couldn't do that when he was at his best. I don't think he's going to do it at 33. Coming I, I will him. say he'll get more volume than most wide receiver sixes on an offense. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. The next one is a. I seen a recent poll. This was this was a sandwich poll, and on the sandwich poll, ranked number one was grilled cheese sandwiches. So grilled cheese grilled cheese sandwiches are the best sandwiches. Foul or no foul? Adam, start. Of course, it's a foul. We all know it's a foul. <laughs> then how did you win? Unless you're five years old. I mean, you can have a great grilled cheese, but like. Let's, let's be honest. Gr- grilled Actually, cheese or he- the Lamar Miller sandwich. It's high floor, <laughs> no ceiling. That, that is that is a great take. No, this is this is a ran- this is a random and wild poll. But there was this TV show called uh, Rob Deerdick's Fantasy Factory, and on an episode, Rob Deerdick like set out to make the best grilled cheese ever and bought like the most expensive ingredients ever. <laughs> And I'm sure that if you would have put a Reuben next to him, he would have taken a Reuben. Like, it, uh, I mean, let's be real. Like, it's just cheese and bread. Elliot, you're kind of a foodie man, right? You like to try stuff everywhere you go, wherever you're traveling. What do you, where do you put the grilled cheese Listen, at, I mean, I will say if you add bacon to grilled cheese, it, it becomes a better grilled cheese. But, I mean, I don't know if it's top 10, top 15, top I think I can name a lot. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've had so many sandwiches in my day that I would choose <laughs> over. I don't know. My my like my go-to sandwich is the the gobbler, the the turkey with the the stuffing and the cranberry sauce. Oh, and yeah. That's like it, I can't I can't imagine someone would eat that and then eat a grilled cheese sandwich and say, "Well, grilled cheese for me." <laughs> Damn, elite grilled cheese. Honestly, steaks. if we're going kid sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly over grilled cheese. I was going to say that. Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Hot take. Toasted peanut butter and jelly. What? You ever done that? No, no, no. In the skillet, like you make a grilled cheese, PB&J, try it. It's killer. It's This sounds like the uh, the, the meal of someone who hops out of a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> 
That's right. Cold showers and hot PBJ and an FBI watch list. <laughs> I've heard for for me that one of the nastiest staple, yo. One of the nastiest peanut butter combinations I've ever heard people tell me is peanut butter and mayonnaise. Oh, sounds right. brutal, but or it's like a thing. Far, why would you even bring that <laughs> up? We were, over that. We were having thing. a good podcast, Neil. It's why would thing. you bring that up? Cold showers and peanut butter and mayo. It's like the life, you know? All right. I um, actually feel a little sick after you just said that. <laughs> a little? No, I feel a lot sick. Yeah. I'm admitting it. All right. Uh, let's see. The next one. Um, this was a thing. I don't know if you guys seen it on Twitter. It was kind of trending on there. I don't know if it got started on there. Pretty sure it did. But people were texting what they called their phone number neighbor just and so i just throw this out here text messaging your phone number neighbor is a bad idea foul or no foul josh you can start that's a bad idea i'm not doing that (laughs) there's no way man i don't i don't want a conversation with that person i don't want them to know who that my phone number i don't want anything to do with that (laughs) elliot how would you react if someone texts you like hey neighbor you're like my phone number neighbor like what would be your response I don't honestly. I I don't think I'd want to text someone it, but I would laugh if someone texted me it. Like I would have a good time if someone texted me it. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not going out of my way doing it. Though I, I will say the funniest one I've read so far was the the one person who said like, I don't know what a phone neighbor is, but I don't even like my real neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> And the person just responded, definitely white. I don't know why. Definitely white. (laughs) Classic. Which I can only imagine the rage of the person who said that text. Oh, that's amazing. I read so many of them and I didn't come across that. Which is hilarious because my initial reaction to it was like, this is some bullshit. Like, this is super childish. I'd be so annoyed if I got something like this. And then I spent a half hour reading them and I was like, no, nah, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had I had the exact same reaction Elliot did after reading a bunch, which was just like, I would love if someone texted this to me, but I'm never going to do that. Like, if someone does it, I'm going to try to think of the wildest things to say back. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. It would be so like, fun. Just have fun. Yeah, just, just have fun with it. So, yeah, if you haven't looked at it, definitely go on there and search Twitter. You guys will find a bunch of funny screenshots. And the last foul or no foul, we'll let Elliot answer this one first. Le'Veon Bell will make up for his lost season by being a top five fantasy scoring running back this season. Foul or no foul? Foul. Oh, you're, you're, you're come, come on, man. He's, 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 he's telling you he's pick him number one, Elliot. Yeah, I'm, and Julio's telling me he's going to go for 3,000 yards. <laughs> Cooper's going for 2,000 yards. I believe Julio. Julio Listen, if they threw it to Julio enough, he would go for 3,000 yards. <laughs> Potentially in like three weeks. Um, he did apologize. No. He apologized, no. guys. I mean, to the pace of that offense, they're going to, the game script, the offensive line change, you know, how he's going to adjust to being patient. I mean, I think Le'Veon Bell's going to be a good player this year, but fantasy wise, he's being drafted off his name, not his role. And you, you don't really want to get into that with uh, with fantasy running backs, in my opinion. Um, I, if, if they stay healthy, I don't know how he beats out the top four plus David Johnson. You know, if Melvin Gordon plays, I don't know how he's going to beat out him. You know, obviously injuries can change everything. I just, you know, I think he's much closer to the Dalvin Cook range than people really want to admit. Yeah, I think everyone everyone agree with that here. I don't think anyone disagrees. I don't think anyone. Yeah, I, I'm I'm even harsher on it. Like I I 
I looked earlier and I own zero Bell across a hundred plus best ball drafts, which is probably not wise. I, I need to get some. Yes, you should own a little more than zero. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just I don't understand him going in the first round. Like, it, it baffles me. I mean, it it's an offense that projects to be bottom half of the league. It's a situation where they're going to have one of the lowest play volumes of the league. He sat out a year. Like, I just. I mean, maybe with his pass catching, he'll have a high floor, but I just I just don't see it, especially in the first round. It just seems crazy. To be fair, your zero shares in best ball don't really matter. It's just all luck anyway. So It's true. Yeah. I'm just, you know. It's just luck. Scratching off lottery tickets over here, guys. <laughs> How unlucky are you going to be if Le'Veon Bell ends up as RB1? Oh, man. Well, that's why I said I got to get some exposure. <laughs> all my exposure to him is in the second round in like the 2-6-2-7 range just because I want to get some exposure to him. And there's one draft I took him in the first round that someone's probably going to call out because it went on Twitter. That's <laughs> only because the draft started and I didn't realize and it auto-picked my first two players. So um, that's my one Le'Veon Bell first round exposure. Uh, Elliot, you, you do draft on your phone? Right. Well, he doesn't all day, you yeah. So yeah. So who? Tell me one player, Ellie, if you don't mind, that's just not in your queue. Somebody that's not uh, on Eric the list. Ebron. Eric Eric Ebron couldn't buy his way onto my team. Oh, nice. <laughs> Take that, Eric Ebron. I have no Eric Ebron. I have no Harry. Uh, I just I started getting some Hardman in the 16th and 17th round, just as cheap exposure to the Chiefs. Uh, but when he was going the eighth round, I have none of him. Um. If you can't run, I don't like. I most likely don't have you as one of my quarterbacks. Uh, okay, you those know, are I, a few guys. I love Nikhil Harry, but even I have him at like wide receiver forty-eight this year. So I'm, I'm not getting any of him in best ball or redraft. I've got him in on my dynasty teams. I think he's a great prospect, but I don't. I yeah, don't see that. and I, I'm very comfortable with that. It's just a situation where rookie wide receivers. He's off to a slow start. And the guys he was going over for a while were the, you know, Christian Kirks and Dante Pettis. And, you know, you guys don't like Marvin Jones, but I think he's got a much clearer path to targets, you know. Um, I I just don't get his draft, uh, his um, ADP. Who's the most owned Oakland Raiders you guys got? Darren Waller. Um, and I definitely have some Antonio Brown. And I've been getting more Josh Jacobs now that he drops. Oh, don't tell Josh that. Josh Jacobs hater. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone's entitled to be wrong about stuff every once in a while. That's just when you're unlucky. It's fact. <laughs> <laughs> just happen to be unlucky, man. It's just the way it is. All right, cool. So, okay, Ellie, I want, of course, thank you for being on the podcast with us. I know you're a busy guy these days, especially when you offered yourself up to everybody. You're like, hey, even if you have zero listeners, like, just hit me up. It's cool. So I'm sure I will say I I did reject the few people that asked me if they could just have phone calls with me. Whoa, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my <laughs> Adam. Why are you doing that to Elliot, man? It's messed up. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's just great. <laughs> why are you trying to ask Elliot for phone calls, man? It's so weird. It's terrible. I thought we were friends, man. But but they could just join the quant, right? And then they could talk to you whenever they want, or at least text you. Yeah, if you if you join the Quan Edge, you know you can talk to me whenever you want. Um, otherwise, you have to hope I'm your number neighbor. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Elliot. There's probably some freaks in the Quant man that's trying to chat with you. You know that, right? Like they just signed up just to chat with you. 
Like, you gotta admit, you gotta uh, understand I, I, that it's it's a different kind of chat. It's a different kind of chat. <laughs> okay, you know, this okay. isn't three ninety nine a minute or whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, listen. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find the Quant Edge, all this good stuff, and what they should sign up for, and all that stuff. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. You can check out all my work at thequantedge.com. Follow TQE on Twitter at thequantedge, or you can search TQE either way. You'll find it. Um, you know, we're really excited about the free trials, the $25 off your season pass with the promo code uh, Power Hour. You can check it out at thequantedge.com, and I really appreciate you guys having me. This was a ton of fun. Of course, man. That's it. That's all we got, guys. Cold showers, peanut butter and mayo, and the Quant Edge, and life is set. Thank you. Wait, guys. don't don't lump in don't lump in the quad edge with the peanut butter and jelly. Listen, listen. <laughs> and mayo sandwich. We gotta we got make that we gotta make that something else. The, the gotta get some white claw in there. The hot showers, <laughs> the gobbler, and quad edge. There we go. There we go. All right, you guys have a good day. struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50+, for the LGBTQ community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. rcahelp.com slash podcast.